You're listening to CHUO 89.1 FM in Ottawa. From the capital of Canada, you're listening to The Album Drop on CHUO 89.1 FM. That's a record. Their new album. New and excitingly different. And they keep dropping, dropping. Drop it like it's hot. You could drop on back. Drop dead sex. And then come those words we have all waited so long to hear. Your weekly look at the new release shelf begins right now. Here's Phil Shirakawa. And another episode of the album Drop is on the air. Thank you so much for being a part of it. Beautiful sunny day in the capital. And I hope wherever and whenever you're listening to this broadcast, you're having as nice of a day as I am. Coming up today on the show, we will continue our weekly look at the shortlist nominees for the 2016 Polaris Music Prize. But we have a very special focus on this broadcast. I want to look back at some of the live sessions we've done here on the album drop over the last few years. I think it's going to be a fun, nostalgic trip, and I hope you have a chance to stick around for it. I want to start off with a trip down memory lane back to September of 2013, when the wonderful people from the band Magneta Lane came into our studio here at CHUO, where they talked about a lot of things. Most importantly, how they came about their cleverly titled EP, Witch Rock. Well, we were all in the studio one day uh, with our producers, uh, um, Rick and James, um, who are also in the band Finger Eleven, and they also, they're really great songwriters, and um, I mean, actually, they helped me a lot, like, okay, they helped us a lot, sorry, with our, <laughs> with, with our songwriting, but um, when we were in the studio, we, like, there's a really good dynamic in the studio, and they were constantly joking around, and one of the things that happened uh, when we were recording, uh, Burn... Um, they made the comment that it sounded really witchy. And in the past, I guess, like, people had always kind of, like, taken a poke at us, like, saying, like, oh, you guys, you know, you guys are, like, are you guys witches? And, you know, I don't know if it was lack for a better word. Maybe they really meant something else. Um, (laughs) But, uh, yeah, we just thought it'd be fun and funny to kind of shed light on that and call it Witch Rock. So it wasn't something that was meant to be taken, um, like, as, like, a serious, like, kind of like a death metal band thing. Like, let's call it Witch Rock. It was just more, like, something for fun because, I mean, you know, if you were to listen to our music, we don't really sound like you know, Godsmack or anything like that. So, yeah, just to poke fun at it, I guess. Yeah, because, I mean, as hard as the, your band does actually rock, it doesn't really sound like it would be appropriate around the cauldron. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, how did you get involved with the guys from Finger Eleven? Um, we all met at a party uh, through a mutual friend, and, um, yeah, it was, uh, I don't know, as soon as we met them, we just kind of started bonding over music. And uh, immediately we found out that despite the fact that like our like our bands obviously sound very very different, we had a lot of the same tastes in music. And they were a band that you know they you know had that whole thing going on like in the '90s, and we basically grew up listening to that stuff. So it was really cool to be able to kind of like you know bond over you know bands like uh, you know like uh, Garbage and a lot of female fronted bands too that were really popular you know back in their heyday. And um, so I don't know, we just kind of felt like. Like, I don't know, like we had been, we just bonded really quickly over that. And then once it got into the studio, once it got into the songwriting part and just kind of collaborating, like it just felt really natural and everybody was really relaxed and, you know, it's just a cool environment to be in. Now, from what I understand, uh, this EP is pretty much self-released. 
Yeah. Um, as compared to previous works which had not been. Yeah. Can you maybe kind of compare and contrast the two and um, I guess or at least tell us how different it is to be doing it on your own? Oh, man. Um, it's a lot of work behind the scenes that not everybody really gets to see. I think like when we were really young, it's like you're kind of naive to like what goes on because your label kind of takes care of everything for you, right? But I mean, we had been in the game for about like 10, like almost 10 years at that point when we decided to make that decision. And then E1 stepped in and, you know, they've been amazing. You know, they're distributing it for us and been helping us along the way as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. We just like it is very different in the sense that there's a lot of kind of like sweat and blood and tears that goes into it. And you're not really protected from the business side of it, opposed to like when you're, you know, a 16, 15 year old girl on a record label. Like nobody really tells you like, you know, I guess like how the business side of it works. Um, so, yeah, it's very different. But I think it's also like a good step forward as a band, because I mean, you can't really be in a band for the as long as we have been without learning that side of the business, you know, and I think a lot of bands break up because things get quite complicated. So it's definitely been an eye opener and it almost feels good because it's like, you know, you're you're doing it yourself, you know, so it really feels like that kind of, you know, DIY kind of attitude towards things. And that's basically how we started our band as well. So it's cool to incorporate that into the business side of it. Do you think it's important to... Uh kind of have that kind of control or is there a scenario where you can kind of just give it up and just be like okay um you know somebody else takes care of it um well i think it's like right now like i mean like we're still like an like an indie band like we consider ourselves like you know like like a small indie band you know and um kind of the band that you know people have kept in their back pocket for a really long time and people constantly tell us all the time like you know do you feel like you guys are one of the most like underrated bands like in canada that sort of thing but I mean, if it were to ever get out of control, you know, like where it's like, because I think one of the things that is really hard is, you know, having to go on tour, having to make sure that deadlines are met and then, you know, running the business side of it, making sure that everything is accounted for. And it's you're basically playing every single role like on a record label, like as a band. So, yeah, like if it ever got like really huge, then I mean, obviously, like, you know, you'd probably need to call someone in to like help you out. But I think for now it works. And you know, we'll just hope for the best and see how it plays out. You know, you had made uh, reference earlier to, um, you know, people referencing the group being all female, mm -hmm. uh, the whole witch rock <laughs> thing. Do you think there's any kind of stigma towards female groups? Or uh, maybe, like, is it anything from, like, a, you know, a bias in the media to maybe, like, a glass ceiling or anything like that? Uh, or even just as far as being, you know, mentioned in your press as an all-female group or, mm -hmm. you know, any kind of gender-specific uh, sub defiance or anything like that it's funny because um i think like back to you know because when we started we were so young one of the questions we always got asked were are you guys like feminists right and i mean at 16 when you get asked that question like you don't even really know what that means you know you're just like no like there's like all this stuff attached to that like i don't really know and i, I don't want to own up to it kind of thing but as you get older, um, and especially now, like, I think what's going on right now, like, with women, it's it's really interesting, because I really feel like, you know, it's, um, I mean, people have always been, like, vocal about how women are represented in the media, but I think right now it's, like, more people are more open to talk about that sort of stuff, and um, so, yeah, in ways, like, you know, we do have that way of thinking where, you know, we stand for, you know, what we are, we are women, and, and we're excited to be women, and it's not something to, you know, be ashamed about, but I do think that, in today's media, there is definitely certain, you know, role models that, you know, younger girls are looking up to. And they're seeing that as like the only option because that's what's constantly being kind of like shoved down their throat. And like for us, I think just the most important thing is that 
they need to know that there's other options out there. Like, you know, you don't have to, you know, wear a skimpy outfit to get attention or to be looked at as like an intelligent person or, you know, like sacrifice whatever morals you have, like, you know, just to sell a couple records. And, you know, like if at one point I ever, like we ever made the decision to maybe be a little sexier, which would never happen, but <laughs> but if we did, like it would be on our terms because that's what we want to do, not because a record label told us to show a little bit more cleavage or whatever, you know, like that's, that's never happening. Yeah, that's never going to happen. No. Um, but you know what I'm saying though? It's like, I just... Like, if anything, like, that's how it plays an important role to us as a band. Like, we just want girls to know that there are different options, that you can be intelligent, that you can be in a band, that you can run your own business, that you can do whatever it is, you know? It's like you are the maker of your own destiny, as cheesy as that sounds, but, you know, it's true. Do you think there's anything wrong with groups and or acts that market themselves more for what they are and not necessarily who they are? Like, a lot of... I, I hate to... Like, a lot of female... Yeah. Fronted groups do, or female yeah. groups do. I think, like, it's that's definitely more of, like, a, I guess, like, what you prefer personally. Like, for me personally, like, it's, like, if I look at bands that are female-fronted, like, let's say, like, Girl in a Coma and, like, uh, you know, a band like Dead Sarah or bands like, I don't know, just, like, female-fronted bands where girls don't necessarily have to show Cleveland and all that stuff. Like, you look at that girl, like, fronting those bands, and you're just like, wow, like, she's hot, and, like, she doesn't have to be doing that stuff, you know? Um, personally, that's, like, the kind of... I guess, like, if I were to choose what kind of band I do like when it comes to that sort of thing, it's like, that is... Those are the bands that I prefer. Um, I'm not gonna go out, out of my way and buy the next Miley Cyrus record because, you know, she was shaking her like on tv a couple of days ago but i'm all for you know like if that's what you want to do you know if that's what you really want to do and somebody didn't tell you to do that to sell a couple of records then you know do your thing like whatever like it's not me you know so like i can't really it's kind of like i can't really judge someone but do i necessarily agree with it not really but at the same time it's really their bed that they're making so they're gonna lie in it it's really you know not my world of stuff but yeah, like, I would prefer if girls went about it a different way, but if that's what, you know, makes them feel actually good about themselves, then I can't really judge, you know? Is there such a thing as bad press? Oh, God, I hate that expression that, like, no, no, what is that, uh, all yeah, press is good press? Yeah, can be mean. Yeah. Especially There's today with, uh, you know, press. Twitter and stuff like that, it's like... It, it doesn't even necessarily have to be a journalist or anybody even yeah. who, who is respected, anyone, yeah. but they can say something and it can get retweeted and all of a sudden it's taken as fact. Yeah. And it's crazy, though, too, like, how, um, like, I've noticed this more, like, I, I mean, again, just, like, being on the business side of it now, it's, like, how you realize how many things are actually fabricated to get attention. Like, I mean, we're, n we're not the band that goes about things that way, and I think a lot of indie bands probably well, we aren't that. Lie about our age well, that was more to just play the shows, but not to get, <laughs> like, media attention, because we just wanted to play and not yeah, get carded. <laughs> um, but, um... Like, I think that part of it is, is sad because then you start to kind of question everything. Like, is that real? Is it not real? You know, like back in the day when you saw your first reality show, you're like, oh my God, I can't believe this shit is happening. But when you actually see that it's like everything is scripted now, you're just like, it's like, what am I even consuming anymore? Like, does this make sense? So I don't know. I think it's important to be honest. Um, yeah. And that's that. I think sometimes being honest is what has gotten us in trouble in the past, you know? So I don't know. We'll continue to do so. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, is it is there like a like a positive feeling to know that your integrity is still in place? Yeah, like you can sleep at night, you know, and it's like 
I mean, there's definitely, we've been through a lot of rough times as a band, you know, I think like any band who's been around for as long as we have, like definitely has, and we're only 26 and people like, you know, call us veterans, which is so weird. Cause it's like, it's a, I'm 25. Don't. Yeah. Don't she's 25. <laughs> she's like, don't add another year. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's, it's good to know. Like, you know, when you get that email from the young girl, that's like, you know, I'm really, really glad that there's girl bands around like you guys, like that makes you feel really good. You know, like, I don't feel like I have to compromise anything to prove a point. Hi, I'm Lexi from Magneta Lane, and you're listening to the album drop on CHUO 89.1 FM. I'm going to do an acoustic version of one of our songs. The song is called Lucky. I'm one of a kind, you're the typical girl. Hoping that one day you'll change him and you'll be his world. Jealousy Baby, the truth is done Metalene, a tune called Lucky. You can find that on their EP, Witch Rock. That was recorded here at CHUO back in 2013. 
And today here on the Album Drop, we're looking at bands that have come through our studio over the past few years to chat and play some live music. And I felt that that was a cool way to share stuff with you, and I hope that you're digging it. Probably the most memorable episode of this program would have to be March 25th, 2014, at least for me. And You know, I've done almost 300 episodes of this show, so it's hard to pick one for sure that was my favorite. I mean, they're all my favorite. They're kind of like my children. But if I had to, this is the one I'd probably lean towards, because that was the day the hardworking Canadian band, the Pack ad came in and hung out for about a half an hour. You can hear the full thing at thealbumdrop.ca, but I've, I've got a little bit here where Becky and Maya talk about how hard they work and because they play consistently 150 to 200 shows a year. So here we, we discuss their always hectic touring schedule. And uh, we were just talking, uh, Becky and I, off air. Um, you're about halfway through um, this, this present tour. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. It feels like more than that because we went on a t- tour in the States and then came back for like less than a week and then left again and then we're coming back after this tour and then leaving again. So it, always, it feels like it never ends. Yeah, we're pretty much on a almost, well, three and a half month tour and we're we're maybe halfway through three and a half months. Yeah, no. No, well, I don't know. Somewhat. Now, uh, when when you're on the road, uh, how many are in uh, your, your your entourage or your crew? Um, we roll with uh, two other people. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, yeah, no, we have uh, two other people. We have a tour manager and a sound tech. I tried to make it all like a crew joke, but I couldn't like you know like our posse. But right. our posse is pretty small. It's just two others. Is it? Um, do you ever have issues um, at the border uh, with, uh, or is it uh, one of those things where you always have your paperwork lined up and it's? Not yeah, like- we get all our. Yeah, we're pretty boring. We're really like straight up legal. So. <laughs> yeah, you just don't want to risk it. You say that like it's a bad thing, though. I mean. Well, I, no, no. Actually, it is. A, it is a good thing. It's just. It's just nothing to really speak of because we're so honest. Yeah. <laughs> Because well, w- one thing I remember from uh, the conversation we had back uh, in October of 2012 was, at the end of the day, I mean, you know, it, it's it's fun and it's a good time and everything, but this is what you do for a living. This is your job. So there's nothing wrong with being good at your job, is there? No. No. You're right. <laughs> Apparently, it's all, well, it. sometimes there is, though. There's something wrong with going to bed early, you know, and not staying up and partying. Because if you're in a rock band, that's what you're supposed to do. You're not supposed to, you know, read a book and then fall asleep. You're supposed to get loaded. <laughs> I like reading a book, though. <laughs> it's nice. Yeah. But if you were to put it into the context of the regular working world, you know, would you go out and party every night, or would you know, would you save it for the weekends, right? Yeah. No, yeah. you'd be a weekend warrior, exactly. So you pick and choose. I used to be a weekend warrior. Yeah. Yeah. I used to ship things and then the weekend party. I've completely lost my my sense of weekends. I don't know what they mean anymore. <laughs> for years, I've never had like a proper weekend or you know actually generally we have shows on the weekend more often than on the weekdays so it's just working <laughs> or not working at all so yeah. i guess i guess if you're touring steady then the weekends are when the shows are busier yes yeah yeah, yeah. i guess yeah that does make sense That's true so i guess the biggest change um in the last you know year and a half for the two of you would be the move to network records um from your longtime home at mint mm-hmm. maybe you could uh, tell us a little bit uh, about you know kind of the the differences between uh, those two labels, and at least it's in regards to how it's affected you. Uh, well, uh, Network is bigger. It's a bigger label. They have offices in different cities, not just Vancouver. So there's that quite obvious difference. But uh, 
But then I, I find there's a lot of similarities. Both both labels have been really good at being hands-on and, and communicative and, and not, uh, you know, we've got the support, you know, like also Network is in Vancouver as well. So uh, it's nice to have uh, somewhere we can just show up and, you know, just show up. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Also, the difference between this is uh, we, we had like a full record deal with Mint and this is just licensing. So it's... Not really that much different, I guess, in the grand scheme of things, but it kind of feels nice to like own your own material. <laughs> so essentially, your deal with Network is more of a distribution and uh, kind of thing. Or? Well, well, we license it to them. Yeah. So, so yeah, for I think eternity. So not eternity. <laughs> well, not a long eternity. time. An eternity for uh, you know the life of a band. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so are you are you what, what, are you putting your records out yourself then or no they're 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 putting them out um yeah so it's just it, it's just basically you know like with mint we we had a deal where we did three albums with them and network we're just going one album at a time which is um i think fair and nice mm-hmm. and seems reasonable whatever i mean it's i don't know I, I think i think three album deals are kind of i think they're becoming more rare to be honest that's, that seems to be the trend, um, especially with um, smaller labels. I mean, the, the only people that seem to do long-term contracts are, you know, the big three. Yeah. Now, obviously, like we were just saying, Network, obviously a much bigger label, but still a pretty pretty independent label. Mm-hmm. Has, has, have you found any issue um, in regards to, have, have they, like, is there any kind of direction from them, or is there any, anything like that? Because I, I, I noticed um, you were, when you were talking to Carson Daly, um, you, you were saying, uh, Becky specifically, you were saying... Um, we just kind of write what we want and hope that people like it. Yeah. Is um, is is that still like the case? Is it the case with Do Not Engage, or is there, was there you know? That's yeah, totally the case with that album. I mean, it's it's always been the case. We wouldn't let anybody have any artistic opinion that I don't know that is invalid. I guess. I mean, you know, you can take criticism and like ideas and stuff, but generally, uh, no, we 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 write the music we want to write. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that was obviously a big factor too. Is you know we had artistic liberty obviously at mint and we do at network yeah and we just yeah just like you say i would i would never align myself with anyone who we recorded this that could tell in, us what to in do between <laughs> uh, labels too so yeah, there was no yeah so so i guess what, what i'm getting from this is the the um the, the real difference is the uh, this deal with network kind of just gets your stuff available to more people yeah, yeah. pretty much yeah. cool yeah. Which is not a bad thing. Not a bad thing. <laughs> no, I mean, that's that's doing your job properly. There you go. Ah, yes. Back to that. Bring it all back around. <laughs> that's kind of what we do here. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I guess you, you, you were in uh, Austin a couple weeks ago for South by Southwest. Oh, yeah. Um, obviously, the big story that came out of there uh, was the, the the incident with the guy driving his car. Mm-hmm. Um, what, was the, what was the vibe on the scene? Um, like in in town when uh, when that kind of when that went down. Well, you and uh, and Noah or Soundtech, they got they got out over there like ten minutes before that happened. I'll like try five five minutes. Yeah, yeah we were at the Saint Vincent pretty- show and we left. We decided not to stay for Dam- Damon Alburn and like literally missed like we turned the corner and if we'd waited five minutes we would have been on that street when that guy went past. So that was kind of one of those things. That's life. Um, I don't know. I. I I think it kind of weirded everybody out a little bit, but then, you know, South By went back to, it's just a drunk party on the streets, and I I don't know, it was was kind of weird and gross and terrible, 
was really terrible. It wasn't terrible. Well, I mean, no, that no, was that it terrible, happened. Yeah. No, that, that that happened. Like for me, it, I don't know. It was kind of like, ugh, kind of. I think know, it's sort of, of in general, you put that many people together in sort of one condensed area, and then offer everyone free booze all day. You know, it's a recipe for stuff like that yeah. to happen. I think, which is kind of unfortunate, but uh, people uh, can't be trusted to have self control. <laughs> I'm I'm almost surprised that it doesn't happen more at those kind. I mean, I, I know there's not a lot of festivals like South by, mm-hmm. but there definitely are some, and the accessibility of them is growing mm-hmm. uh, year year over year. Do, I mean, do, do you like those kind of you know, let's get a thousand bands in a small town for a weekend kind of festivals and see what happens? Or is uh, that that not really your? Vibe? I gotta tell you, I don't like. I it. don't know. Yeah, I, that is the biggest one of that. Though, like usually, really big festivals are all sort of take place in like one sort of guarded area so it's sort of which somewhat is nice safer, like blues I guess, fest but. and you know like i we were just talking about blues fest the other day actually ottawa blues fest obviously yeah because um because it goes over the course of days and it is all in this one area that's not in the public street and people are kind of more monitored and there's more security it just i think it feels better mm-hmm. south by is like public yeah and i think it's a little crazy they have that many bands and going on at the same time i don't know i i I guess I'm voting on the side if I think it should be a little more contained and yeah. not so many bands. I feel like maybe it used to be a couple of years ago. We took a couple of years off and, you know, then coming back, I kind of feel like uh, I don't need to go there again. <laughs> now, and of course, um, unlike the state of Texas, at least in Ontario, there are regulations against giving out free alcohol, maybe to avoid those kind of situations. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, that would certainly be a thing. To, I don't know if there's, I don't even know if there's a province in Canada that, allows free alcohol i mean can it can they do it in bc do you know well you can do you can do controlled parties but not to the extent that they do at south by for sure yeah you can have a controlled party where you have a complimentary drink everyone gets a ticket yeah i mean that that's that's acceptable but that's mon you know that's safer yeah i don't know wow listen to us <laughs> well, it's, 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 we're mothers it, against drunk driving now. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's like it's like we were talking about before. It's one thing to go out and have a good time, but you know, when it gets to the point where it's irresponsible, that's that's when questions have to be asked, right? I mean, that's I mean, you were just there. That's why I wanted to ask. I, I had no idea you were that close. Oh um, yeah, that was that was really well. And I got because uh, yeah, we were both getting text messages going, "Are you okay? Are you okay?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm fine," because I didn't even know, right? Yeah. The same night, and then uh, found out, and was like, "Oh wow." But I mean, that's just typical with life right like things are just that random and happenstance and five minutes earlier five minutes later and choices and if you think about it too hard then it's like you'd never leave your house <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> well it's the it's the album drop on chuo 89.1 fm and uh, i'm sitting here with uh, becky and maya from the pack ad now becky's been sitting here the whole time with a guitar in her hand so um can, can we get you to play something? Yeah, okay. I'm just going to sort out these microphones. <laughs> yeah, we'll just uh, do a little moving around. we got kind of a lo-fi. Anybody who's never been down here to CHU and ever seen the pictures we put up on the website and stuff like that, it's not... Uh it's 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 not exactly the most high tech situation. I mean, but as you're about to hear, we get the job done. Uh, what are you going to play for us? I'm going to play Airborne. Construct I'll be Immortal 
while you turn to dust I want nothing more than to help you that is all that I can hope to do what's this on the radar what's this on the radar what's this airborne to die and there's no human to turn to you've gone alright my circumstances are dire I am sky and now I have no time to cry there is no perfect day for me and we are not twins in this destiny I'm caught in the madness I'm caught in the madness I'm caught Airborne to die And there's no human to turn to You've gone alright My circumstances are dire Airborne to die And there's no human to turn to You've gone alright My circumstances are dire specifically Becky Black, doing a tune called Airborne, recorded live here at CHUO, March 25th, 2014, on the album drop here on CHUO 89.1 FM. I'm Phil Shurikawa. Thanks for listening to the show. We're going to take our only break of the hour. When we return, more live sessions recorded here 
on the album drop, as well as our look at the Polaris Prize nominees. We got a good one this week. Stick around. It's going to happen right after this. Oh, you said it, Phil. Don't touch that dial. The album drop will return only on CHUO 89.1 FM. And now, the album drop presents... I like the list this year. Journalists from all across the country vote. Are you excited? Of course. You may not uh, have heard of this artist, but people are paying attention. This is a great group of musicians. I don't know how those decisions are made, and I don't aim to make too much sense of it. If I won the Players' Prize of $30,000, I'd probably buy $30,000 worth of weed. I didn't prepare a speech, and I'm sorry, but hey. I'm glad that I didn't, because I'm not going to do this like everybody else does it. A look at one of the nominees for the Polaris Prize. It is with great humility and respect that I introduce Phil Shirakawa. That's a clever opening. And we are back here on the album drop with maybe a record that is not necessarily a dark horse candidate, but certainly not the front runner for this year's Polaris Music Prize. It's an album that's received a lot of praise since its release in September. It's called Half Free and was recorded by the band U.S. Girls. And since that release, the band has been really busy playing a lot of shows in support of some really big name bands. They've went on tour with Slater Kinney. They went to Europe supporting Iggy Pop. I mean, these are not the kind of slots that are given up to just anybody. And from what I understand, they bring it. I'm going to play a tune called Window Shades. This is ha- This is U.S. Girls from the record Half Free, and it's on the album drop. CHUO 89.1 FM.
record half free U.S. girls in window shades here on the album drop. CHU 89.1 FM, that tune from one of the 10 albums shortlisted for the Polaris Music Prize. We'll find out in September who gets the distinction of that award and the cash prize that comes along with it. Now let's go back a little bit to August of 2014 when Toronto by Halifax band Glory Hound came to our studios here at CHUO. They played a couple tunes. We had a nice chat. We'll start with the song they played called Loaded Gun. It's here on the album drop CHUO 89.1 FM. Okay, this is Loaded Gun. One, two, three, four. You're my little white line Stimulating my mind You give my body shakes you make me feel so fine Haven't slept in a week Still wide awake The way you load me up All I can say Straight shot Nice and deadly You will be my wild one Stay calm Yeah. 
I guess my first question would be, uh, obviously, yeah, you guys are originally from Halifax, but you, are you officially now based in Toronto? Is that a fair statement? No, nope. we, we actually still still live at home on the East Coast. We're still in Halifax. In our parents' basements. In our parents' basements. Is that uh, part of the reality of uh, being a Canadian band today? We don't actually live with our parents, but yeah, I think that that is part of the reality for yeah, many bands, I'm sure. It's not, it's not a crazy thing to... Live in your parents' basement if you're a musician. It's certainly a normal <laughs> thing. Why do you think that is? Well, because musicians are broke. Because musicians, are <laughs> it's hard for them to make money. Yeah. You guys have been out on the road long enough to know why do people put themselves through this lifestyle? Uh, the love of it. I mean, it's sort of like the NHL, except probably a little crazier and takes a lot longer, and you have to do it. You know, it'd be like a whole team or a whole line going through to the NHL. So, I mean, the odds aren't great, but, you know, it's a really fun way to explore the country and, and meet a lot of people and see a lot of places you wouldn't normally see. Um, you know, and, and, you know, everyone likes a little bit of abuse. So, you know, it's worth it in the long run, but it's definitely, uh, you can see how the road eats a lot of people and, uh, and breaks up a lot of bands. you got to be tough. It's a very interesting parallel you bring up because um, it's it's true. It's like there's there's such a huge you know gap between you know being you know you two or whatever, and then being a band that's you know able to go out there and have a good time and, and make it worth their time and that sort of thing. It's is I mean I don't know. I, I and you brought up um, you know the 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 road eating up bands is. Um, is that just something people say, or does do you think that actually happens? Well, no, a, lot, a, lot, a lot of bands are broken up by a lot, a lot of time logged on the road, or you know, a lot of bands don't last past five months because they don't get along. They they play these tour dates at some other city, and then they realize that they hate each other. Yeah. Well, I mean, we still hate each other, but like it's it's also yeah. how people <laughs> deal with stress. I mean, if before a band ever first goes on a tour they can think they're best friends but you know once you're sort of doing a nine hour drive and there's no time to stop and there's nothing to eat and everyone yeah and and (laughs) people's you know it's when you get in the old pressure cooker that uh the cracks start to show in some people and luckily we uh all have enough fart jokes and we're all good enough at sleeping that we haven't gotten that far yet yeah, you gotta be. You have to want to do it. You have to want to want to make your music, and you you have to want people to hear your music, and that has to be the challenge. And then you always have to have a motivation to keep going. I think for bands like you have to have some kind of steady incline. I mean, if you're touring and you're touring and you're just doing this and things just aren't going good, then then that's ultimately going to lead to a demise of a group. You have to have something that you're looking forward to and you have to see I think some kind of steady gain either within what you're doing in the studio with a new record coming out your shows are getting better you're getting more fans uh, as long as you yeah and the music too as long as you're still happy with the music you're playing I think that could be yeah it's gonna be able to stay excited about it yeah and sometimes that, that can be hard to do when you're in a lull I think but for us when we're like we just got out of the studio uh, recently we have a new record out so we're using this to you know to get excited it, it's it's a big deal it's probably the biggest thing that we've done so far as a band going out to vancouver and making the record uh with garth richardson and now is the time to tour these songs so i mean for us it's just we're just getting started at this at this point 
even though we've been doing it for a long time, it feels like a fresh start because we've got the new record. Yeah. So I think that that helps us keep motivated. But I can certainly understand how 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 lots of bands just can't you know can't keep at it because eventually you have to kind of look in the mirror and get realistic about things. Yeah, and does, if things just aren't a, working, it takes yeah. a lot of sacrifice. Yeah, I mean there is certainly a lot of sacrifice. So I think the juice has to be worth a squeeze at the end of the day, and you have to make that call as you're going along judging by what's going on around you without giving you know too many secrets away let's talk a little bit about getting your band out there and promoting yourselves how does glory hound tackle that that sort of massive obstacle i'd say that's probably still a, a work in progress you know it's good it's uh it's a it's a constant game trying to figure out how to win at getting fans mm-hmm. uh, we we try to let the music speak for itself but of course now there's all these other different levels to it um in in the modern game of the music industry you got you know all the social media stuff and you got to be on your game with that and you know you got to you got to stay in everybody's faces essentially because otherwise they forget about you everybody's attention span is is limited nowadays even ours uh, so you know it, it, as long as you're you're writing good songs i'm still a believer that if if it's a good song it's it's going to it's going to make it right it comes down to the song and uh that's first and foremost, anyway. What do you guys think? No, that's yeah. You hit on a lot of good points there. Uh, well, for us, like to get fans, we needed someone to help us do that. So we we got management, and you know that took a long time. Getting someone to believe in the band is really important, I think, and getting someone to really care. So that was a big step. And then we uh, got our agent who books us across across Canada right now. We haven't outside of Canada too much, but agents know uh, they'll help you on figuring out what your key markets are. So they'll take you and like, for instance, they places in Toronto for a long time, and we just hit markets around Ontario, which we're actually doing again right now, um, and, and just kind of work it. And that's how you, you make one fan at a time that way. And our agents also get us on the road with bands who draw a lot of people. So if we're opening up, uh, then we're going to get in front of a lot more people and make a lot more fans. So management, agent, uh, you know, get a publicist at a certain point, which we have, and a record label. Like these all, these people all work towards kind of making our machine run so we can get in front of people we can get press we can get shows uh even connect with fan base but yeah as dave said other than that just have to you know play a lot of shows write good songs and uh you know radio has been a big thing for us too so i don't want to i don't want to forget about that because with electric dusk our our first single that actually made it to radio it kind of changed the game for us in the respect that all of a sudden we started to become a household name around the east coast and even some places around canada that were spinning the song a lot so that that changed because now we could convince promoters to put us on shows where they wouldn't before because they'd see us as a band in the charts and a band who could feasibly draw so i think for a band especially a band in rock and roll like we are that is i think the radio game is still plays an important part and if you don't have it i think it makes things a bit harder so it would be fair to say it's marketed more in a business sense than in the sense of just, you know, we got these great songs, so let's get out in front of people and play them. Yeah, it's not just that easy, right? Yeah, if you don't have the business around that, then you can't make it happen. It's the balance of art and commerce. You know, it's it's a hard one to find, but I mean, it's it's there somewhere. And, and every single artist, you know, Snoop Dogg, everyone's like, oh, he's hilarious and he's a stoner and he's having fun all the time. You know, he's doing business probably 20 hours a day. 
you know, it's just their business is to make it look like they don't have to work. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's, you know, you brought up the fact, you know, in, in, in the rock and roll market, I mean, how many rock and roll bands are there in Canada, right? It's like... Yeah. It's like a dying rare bird or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's they exist. Kind of depressing. They're, yeah. they're, they're out there. They're, there's, they're out there for sure. I mean, how many successful rock bands are there in Canada? I, I couldn't tell you. There's some. Can I get you to play another one for us? This is a song so called like Set It On Fire. I, I, I got lust for life. Yeah, got the sharpest knife. Set it on 
Glory Hound. That one's called Set It On Fire. It was recorded live here at CHUO during an episode of The Album Drop, which is the name of the program that you're listening to right now. I'm Phil Shurikawa. Thanks a lot for being a part of it. And finally this week, I wanted to get to a recording from earlier this year when local singer-songwriter Jessica Pearson came down to the sub-basement of the Morissette building to sit in on an episode of The Album Drop, and she brought her guitar. She played for us a couple of tunes, including this one. Check it out. Here's another song recorded live at CHUO. Jessica Pearson, Smoke. We were driving down to Georgia when everything was okay. But in that very moment, the world started to break in half. It fell apart. My life exploded when I saw the look in your eye when your phone rang. Read her name, it read her name. It read her name, it read her name. You set all love on fire, built it up higher and higher, covered the floor in kerosene. Then you lit the match and let it catch a flame. As I stood on your front porch, screaming out your name. As our memories turn to smoke When up in smoke We both stare straight out at the road Trying to decide where we should go But things were said and words exchanged You can't be taken back So I got out and we shared an embrace And then we turned away because of her name Her name All because of her name You set our love on fire Built it up higher and higher Covered the floor in kerosene Then you lit the match and let it catch a flame As I stood on your front porch Screaming out your name As our memories turn to smoke As the flames engulf the windows and the floors In smoke The only thing left is a ash cloud and that door In smoke All the pictures are gone but the memory remains Up in smoke In smoke and smoke You set our love on fire Built it up higher and higher Covered the floor in kerosene Then you lit the match and let it catch a flame As I stood on your front porch Screaming out your name As our memories turned to There's Ottawa's own Jessica Pearson doing a song from her record Country and Us called Smoke, recorded live here on the album Drop back in April of this year. And that, my friends, is about all the time that we have for this week, and I thank you so much for listening. We'll be back in seven days, less one hour, playing more new music, looking at This Week in Music History, previewing the Polaris Prize, and who knows what else. You'll have to stick around and find out. Emails are always welcome. 
phil at thealbumdrop.ca. You can like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter or even connect with us on Instagram. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you then. Thanks for listening. Bye. Have a beautiful time. Smell you later. I'll be back. For more information, check out thealbumdrop.ca. This whole thing has gone on long enough. When will this insanity end? Can I finish? Please, can I finish? We'll be back next week on CHUO 89.1 FM. Okay, I'm finished.